When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eyes to the Left, a podcast from the Daily Mirror with Deep State, the unmissable new espionage thriller from Fox. This Thursday at 9pm, get set to go deep into the murky world of global spies in a masterpiece of must-see TV. We're giving you the opportunity to make this right. Hollywood heavyweight Mark Strong stars as the former Secret Service agent whose dark deeds are coming back to haunt him. pull out your fingernails one by one. With a vengeance. Why are they looking for it? You're listening to Eyes to the Left from the Daily Mirror with Deep State. The explosive new series starts this Thursday at 9pm, only on Fox. The Eyes to the Left. Hello and welcome to Eyes to the Left, the Mirror's uh, political podcast. And this week we're doing something slightly different. I have with me Matthew Parkhill. He's the writer co-director and executive producer, that's right, of a new drama called Deep State, which is started, stars Mark Strong, starts on Fox on April 5th. That's right. And we're going to talk about what is the Deep State, why you wrote this, uh, and what are the implications of the drama, and why you kind of thought about doing this. So Sounds good to me. What, what was the inspiration? Um... The inspiration was sort of three things, really. One was, um, I was a big fan of a film called Syriana. Um, yep. many, many years ago. That's a George Clooney, Mark George Strong. George Clooney, Mark Strong. And uh, it was written and directed by a guy called Stephen Gagan. And I remember going to a Q&A with him many, many years ago, and I was just fascinated to hear... He, it was based on a book, but he also spent sort of years doing research. And, 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 and I was always fascinated by doing the idea of a sort of complex thriller that that is grounded on in, in real-life incidents, in real life. And, and so that was sort of... It was trying to find a vehicle of way of doing that as a TV show. I love when I write. I love working on stuff where I am digging into things that have happened or are happening as as a starting point, you know, and then growing from there. So that was kind of the one of the things that I was looking to do. There was, and there were two other elements to it. There was a um, I was fascinated in the political, the, the personal story of a a spy or an ex operative who. Who, who breaks, who tries to reinvent himself, who tries to start again, tries to start a new life, um, and the idea that he, he, you know, is there such a thing as a second chance? You know what I mean? And the idea that he ends up getting pulled back in and is given this Sophie's choice of having to just to choose between his new family and his old family. So that was sort of a personal story that interested me. And then politically, I read an article about a Texas-based engineering and construction firm called KBR who made $39.5 billion out of the Iraq war. And I was just like, the more I got into that and more of how this money was made, and I just got fascinated by the idea of how do you keep that kind of return going? And so it was, that, it was, a, it was a mixture of those three things. Um, and what happened, the show was originally called The Nine, uh, way back when, and it was kind of more of a straight-down-the-line espionage thriller. And then we got the green light around the time of the U.S. presidential election. And uh, I'd been 
aware of the idea of the deep state for years and, and, and have done some research on it for other, other projects. But it took off with Donald Trump. It took off with Donald Trump, exactly. He and Steve Bannon and others started referring yeah. to this deep state. Yeah. And so that was, so once I, I talked to Fox and, 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 and was, you know, wanted to change the title to Deep State, and what happened was it allowed me to take this espionage thriller and adapt it in a way that took account of a lot of the crazy shit that's been going on in the world and, and um, sort of ground it in what is actually happening now. So it had the added advantage for me now of being a sort of espionage thriller with a big emotional through line to it, but actually it's grounded in the reality of, of a lot of what's happening. And for me, that was manner from heaven. Yeah. And let's just kind of roll back a little bit. Yeah. What is the deep state? How would you define it? What, what are we the talking deep about state, here? The origins of the term deep state, I think it's it's a Turkish term from 1924. I think it's, De, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, De, De, Devrin De, Develet, I think it is. Uh, and it was something that got currency at the time of Ataturk uh, as a idea of a clandestine um, group that had the interests of the establishment at heart and would carry out whatever it needed to do to protect that establishment, whether it was coups, assassinations, or whatever. So it's something that's been around for a long time, and I know it's got new currency with Trump, um, um, but the idea of deep state for me is the idea of a... People talk about shadow government or a clandestine government. I'm not sure it's even as organised as that. I think it is the power of existing institutions, whether those institutions are the bureaucracies... Uh, of, of the ministries of state or the intelligence services or more recently corporations um, this, 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 this group that has an interest in not even protecting the status quo but protecting what is good for them irrespective of whatever government is in power and, and you would say that these are all intermeshed whether it's like through an old boys network or through kind of country clubs in the United States or is it much more kind of I don't think organized it's, than that I don't it? think it's that organized that's the, that's the irony I think there are elements of the deep state there are sort of almost many deep states so there'll be a deep state that is to do with arms manufacturers you know what I mean and and there's a deep state that is to do with intelligence services there's a deep state that's to do with this this particular company was a, I think a Halliburton subsidiary that's to do with construction and engineering like and it's all about, you know, it, it, you know, it's it's nothing new that war is good for business. You know what I mean? And it's all about. Um, I, I don't think it's as organised. That's why the idea of a shadow government for me, I don't think is true. I think, but it, I think there are very powerful interests um, that will uh, continue. Uh, whoever is prime minister, whoever is president. And I'm not talking about US or Britain, I'm talking about many countries. As I say, originally their idea was it was a Turkish term. Uh, it was applied to Russia, it was applied to many countries. It's only recent the idea, you know, the, the, the original, not the original idea, the last incarnation of the deep state was a sort of a neocon, uh, it was representing neocon interests to carry out their agenda in the Middle East, for example. Well, now it seems to have been co opted by Trump. Uh, which is slightly ironic, I think, because, you know, so it's, it's, it's whatever people want it to be. But I, but I do think there is a, I do think it exists. I don't think it's a group of, 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 of men, and usually always is men, sitting around a boardroom a la James Bond going, we're going to do this, that and the other, uh, as opposed to, you know, I'll give you an example. There, 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 there was a, a, a firm that built a gym for a... Um, a, a U.S. Army base in Djibouti, and they build the Department of Defense twenty-five million dollars for that gym. That's some serious running machines, you know. Now it's the interest of firms like that that 
military operations keep getting expanded and expanded because it, it expands their bottom line. So that's one example of, I think, how the deep state operates. Where do you draw the line and, and how kind of conscious of you were you when you were writing this between what is kind of fact and what is conspiracy theory? So, for example, there was a lot of going around at the time of the Iraq war of, you know, this was a deliberate policy by, by George W. Bush to kind of promote kind of America's oil industry and, and as you say, for companies like Halliburton to get rich off the back mm-hmm, of the proceeds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but some of that was kind of, you know, speculation and some of it maybe had a grain of truth. And I'm just wondering how, how you kind of, I, when you're writing this, you know, is... Here's a weird thing. I, I, for the writer of a show called Deep State, I'm not actually a conspiracy theorist. That's the, that's the odd thing. I, I, you know, most of my research, I'd stay away from conspiracy theory websites. I Most of my research is based on academic, more academic books and books that have, you know, sources and footnotes. And like, you know what I mean? As opposed to just, well, what if this was going on type book? Uh, I also spoke to numerous people who have been involved in the past and whether it's XMI6 or CIA or, you know, for this project and for other projects I've done. Um, so I, 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 I try to stay away from these, you know, I mean, you talk about oil in the Middle East. I mean, that's nothing new. You go back to Mossadegh in, what, 52 or 53. It's sort of, this has been Western policy in the Middle East since the Second World War. Yeah, we were just talking earlier before you came about Operation Ajax, for mm-hmm. example, which was mm-hmm. a British aircraft mm-hmm. to overthrow the Iranian regime that's primarily right. because that, of that's right, British because Napoleon's they, and, and But here's the thing. So you've got this, <laughs> but this is where it gets interesting because you've got some, you've got people who would say, well, actually, it's completely in our national interest to protect our sources of energy. And we would be remiss as a government if we weren't doing that. There's this amazing scene in, in Syriana, which if, if your listeners haven't, seen it I recommend seeing it and there's this great speech in it uh, by one of the characters who's being held up invested over corruption he's an oil industry exec and it's like corruption corruption's why we win corruption's what keeps us warm at night corruption's what's you know stops us being in the in in, in the streets fighting each other you know like yes our, our policy in the Middle East is is geared towards getting oil but actually why shouldn't it be so you know what I mean there's there's a political view there now people get rich off of that but hey this is America you know what I mean? What's wrong with any... So, so where it gets interesting to me is the ideological, like the neocons. You know, there's a, there was an argument from Wolfowitz et al., which was, you know, if, if, if Iraq, you know, Iraq becomes a dictatorship, the dominoes fall, dictatorship spreads in the Middle East, it's a good thing for the world. Except at the same time, they don't want democracy to spread because they have nice agreements with autocratic governments which guarantee them oil so it's it's you start digging into it and i find so my my interest in it is trying to ground as much as possible reality rather than going and embracing conspiracy theories and and by the end of it without ruining the plot um but when i've watched all eight episodes what what would you have hoped the viewer would have learned from this the the idea of season one is that it it's it starts it's a very personal story that starts with mark strong's character and the idea of season one is that you sort of peel back the onions it's a serialized thriller you peel back the onion each week, and by the, by, by the time you get to episode eight, you get to the heart of the deep state. And then if we are lucky enough to, to go beyond season one, that each season after that would focus on a different area of the deep state, different aspect of the deep state. So it's, it's one that introduces you to the idea of the deep state. But again, it's not a, it, it's not a political show in the sense of, from the word go, it's, it's, it's waving a political flag. It's a, it's a, it's a personal story that 
it's a family drama at the heart of an but you are trying to educate the viewers as well you know about about something to say look at the end of this have you thought carefully enough about how your you know governments are run, yeah i'm trying how institutions are organized how big corporations manipulate or have an influence which you may not have seen yeah absolutely i'm, I'm trying to get them to uh, ultimately like i want to come away from this you know there's a there's a there's a there's a David Chase apparently had a sign in his writer's room in The Sopranos, he was the creator of The Sopranos, and it, and it said, it's entertainment. You know yeah. what I mean? And so there was, the, you know, The Sopranos was about many, many things, but he never forgot that it was also about, it's, it's entertainment. And it's like this show, it's entertainment. But if, I think, you know, the audience will go away thinking, uh, maybe their eyes are a little bit more open to what, what is really going on. What surprised me, we've done a press day today and everyone's asking about this, you know, the, the, you know, the, the poisoning Salisbury and does it surprise you and this, that and the other. What surprises me are that people are surprised, you know, that, that this kind of stuff is going on all the time and we hardly hear anything about it. We only hear about cases that surface and has been going on since the First World War. So, so, so yes, I, 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 you know, if you watch the show, I, I, you know, I think it will open your eyes to some of this stuff that is going on in the world in a way that maybe will take people by surprise. What's fascinating for me about the show is there are things in the show that are based on fact and that have happened or are happening and there are things that I've invented. And it'd be really interesting to see which ones the audience thinks is the truth and which one the audience thinks is in fiction. I was obviously going to come on to source, yeah. but you've kind of, uh, yeah. uh, it's fine I mean, in terms of it's kind of, that's more about kind of state sponsorship over than kind of deep space sponsorship, isn't it? Well, well, firstly, we don't know. Secondly, whoever ultimately is behind it will be so many steps removed from, you know, I mean, if you're using... Uh, my understanding of the agent that was used is that it's a... I forget the term of it, but you actually you have to mix two elements together to make the poison, so it's got to be a handler who knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's not someone who doesn't know this stuff. Um... You know, is that yeah? If if it's you know if if what they're saying is true, if it's if it's Russia, if it's Russian government, that is state, absolutely. But but I suppose arguably, in certain countries in the world, deep state, the deep state and the state are, are sort of the same thing. You know, it's it's um, so. But what 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 fascinates me about the Salisbury thing is that I think that stuff goes on all the time. It's very you know. There's a there's a there's a there's a um, there's a scene of Michael Clayton that great is a great movie Michael Clayton where they sort of you know I can't remember the actor's name and they eject the George, air bubble another George, George movie remember <laughs> they eject the air bubble in, in, in between his toes and the idea that the air bubble goes around and stops the heart you know um, you know I spent way too much time talking to people who know how if you want to dispatch someone without ever being it being discovered how to do it you know? and how's your kind of paranoia level um, I'm it's it's I'm not paranoid to be honest. It's weird. I kind of um, I'm not paranoid. I just I just I you know it's a, a sort of I I studied history at university and I did a postgrad in MPhil international relations and and I've always been fascinated by how this stuff and how the world works and how the politics moves and and I just as I say I just think those who have a reason to protect their interests why wouldn't they protect their interests whether you're a corporation whether you're you know. Why and 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 I just think that's what's going on. Can I come back to what you were saying earlier about Donald Trump? I mean, yeah. because one of the issues with the whole idea of the deep state is it's been hijacked by the alt right mm -hmm. as a kind of 
an attack on the establishment. Mm -hmm. And as you say, it's, it's ironical, given that Trump is probably one of the most establishment presidents mm -hmm. in many respects, mm -hmm. and is probably more representative of what you're exploring, which is mm -hmm. kind of big corporate muscle, mm -hmm. with links to, you know, with the mob and kind of kind of promoting kind of big business wherever mm -hmm. possible, whether it's to his cabinet or in terms of, you know, the multi-trillion dollar tax cuts he's doing. I, it, it, does it worry you that, that the whole idea of a deep state has been used as actually as an attack on the state? Mm -hmm. And it's about smaller state rather than... Yeah, I think I think the idea of deep state, I mean, it's sort of been cocked by the sort of the alt right. I mean, it's it's also like the, the term fake news, which is you know the, it was originally clickbait to get you to click onto another site and another site. You're proceeding my next question. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but but I think I think that yeah, Trump's an interesting one because I think he's you know the notion that he is somehow a victim of the deep state. I don't buy. Uh, I think it is a convenient way to. Um, it's a convenient distraction. It's a convenient way to perhaps explain why certain policies aren't achieved uh, it's not me it's the, it's the deep state stopping me from doing it you know there's plenty of talk when Obama was elected how he wanted to do certain things uh, and ultimately wasn't able to you know he wanted to, 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 to you know close Guantanamo he wanted to there were certain things that he couldn't get done because arguably the vested interests in in keeping those things going are stronger than his ability as a president of the United States to change them but I think that is Again, I don't think it's a sort of, like I said, a shadow government sitting there making the decisions. I think it's like, you know, if you are an arms manufacturer, you will, you will spend all the money you can to lobby to make sure that the government is spending more on defense. Now, that's a vested interest that will stay the same whichever president comes to power. So that, what, that, 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 that's an element of the deep state. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So, so, you know whether you call them the first forces of conservatism or I mean the, the irony about the deep the Trump deep state argument is that deep state traditionally has been a conservative with a small C force right which is we don't want we're quite happy with the way things are and we don't want you coming in and changing things because we're doing very nicely thank you very much you know the cash from chaos is 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 argument is the cash is flooding in from the chaos that we are sowing you know so so the idea that somehow it's now being used as a term against conservative forces that's that's what i don't buy yeah my, my what i was trying to explore was you've got whether it's trump in the united yeah. states or jeremy corbyn here or actually even the brexiteers mm -hmm. what they're all doing is is kind of you know in the name of populism launching an assault on an establishment and by doing that the danger is they actually undermine all the good bits of the establishment at the same time rather than clearing out the, the stables they, they bring down the whole edifice I think that's absolutely right I was reading something about Jacob Rees-Mogg tweet Jacob Rees-Mogg tweeted the other day about the elites and all that and I'm like hang on a minute you know you went to a private school you like you are the very definition of an elite and this idea that we're co-opting that we now support the little man um, and we tarnish you know, we throw this word elite at anyone we disagree with is like a nonsense. It's like, I forget who it was during the referendum debate, so we don't trust experts. So we don't want to hear from Michael Gove. Yeah, Michael right. It's like, well, if, you don't, if you don't want to hear from the expert, well, who do you want to listen to? Someone who doesn't know what they're talking about? You know, like if I go to a doctor, I'm about to have heart surgery, what do I want? A guy actually knows what they're doing or someone who doesn't? So this, so what's gone very, it's, I feel like we've gone through the looking glass a little bit in the last couple of years where this idea that um, we are mistrustful of experts or you know, they've jumped on the bandwagon of, oh, you're the elites and we support the common man. I don't really think they, these people give a shit about the common man. They really don't. 
I think they see they 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 see it as an opportunity to drive through their ideologically driven agenda. Now, they, they, from, you can argue from their point of view, there's there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something wrong in, like you say, undermining. Because when we're through this mess, I think the the good things about our countries are going to be damaged or are being damaged, and that's the sad thing. You know, it's like this recent thing with Oxfam and all this kind of stuff that's going on, and you know, and and as a, as horrendous as it all is, these you know, the, the, the things that have been done, uh, and, you know, not for a moment defending any of that, but the net effect will be people go, well, I'm not, I'm not donating to Oxfam. You know, so you go, well, hang on, are you doing more, you know, and, and you know, what's the answer? Because the answer is not to turn a blind eye. Can you punish people's indiscretions without punishing the organisation, I suppose? Is that possible? And I, apparently not. And are you not concerned by a drama like The Deep State with such a provocative title could actually kind of, be seen as encouragement could fuel some of this distrust. No, because I think if you actually watch the show, you'll realise it, it, it's not. That, that's the you know I, it, that's the funny thing about it. You know, everyone, you know, if you actually watch the show, and and you'll realise by the time you get to end, end of episode eight that it's not, it's not a no. There's no way you can watch the show okay. and think that now. Just on that, and it's something else you were talking about earlier about fake news. Is this is drama now the, the best medium for trying to get across this message because you're using fiction Mm -hmm. to kind of try and kind of shed light on truth Mm -hmm. so there's kind of there's an irony in the Mm -hmm. whole process Mm -hmm. of what you're Mm -hmm. doing and and does it are we in danger of people starting to conflate what they see on screen Mm -hmm. which is actually as I say a a fabrication Mm -hmm. With, with what is real, is I think. I think. I think that's that's. I think yes. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, should yeah. this be a documentary? <laughs> well, this shouldn't be a documentary in the sense of this is a thriller. You yeah. know what I mean? And the primary job, if I'm doing my job right, the primary job is that people watch this and go, you know, I I had a I had a great time watching this thriller. I was on the edge of my seat. I you know I got I was on an emotional roller coaster, and you know that's the primary job of it. I like to make stuff that is that that is about something. You know, I'm not don't. You know, I, 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 that's what excites me. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, I mean, I've watched The Crown recently. I'm, a, you know, a big fan of The Crown, which is kind of odd because I'm neither a royalist or massively a fan of period pieces. Um, so I, I shouldn't be the audience for this. And yet I found that, you know, I've just, it's just drawn me in. And I found, you know, Peter Morgan's kind of obviously imagining scenes that he can't imagine, although he, but imagining scenes that he can't know, right? I.e., private conversations between. Prince Philip and, and the Queen but there is I feel whether this is true or not I don't know but I feel there's a truth there you, you know what I mean so it's, it is I think I think you can through drama explore truths you know political truths or or you know when it's done very very well it's kind of I love those things you know whether whatever genre is if it's like you know horror or, or fantasy or you know th- that if it's grounded in reality and then you sort of watch the movie you watch the show and then in America, they call it like the icebox moment when you go down in the middle of the night and you want a glass of water and you go to the icebox and you, you kind of think, huh, you start thinking, of, that's what I want this show to do. So you watch it and, and as I say, it operates as entertainment, but it's, it, it, it's, it is making you think about other things and it does stay with you and you do start thinking, you know, because a lot of the stuff that happens in the show, as I say, is either, is either real or based on reality, you know what I mean? And then you've, and then you start kind of, as a dramatist, you you take that and you start telling a story around that reality. You know, yeah. this, has it made you more political? 
has it made you want to look up and do more political dramas? I, I've always been political in the sense of I, you know, ever since a very young age. I mean, funny enough, with all the stuff that's been going on the last year and a half or so, I, I've gone through phases now where I have disengaged a little bit because I, I, it just does your head in. You wake up in the Imagine morning. Imagine doing it for a daily living. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you do it because you, you know I wake up. I mean, I used to always wake up. Actually, bewildered. To I always used to wake up to the day show, and now I'm like, I don't. It's just I can't take it. You know, I just I'll listen to the six music instead in the morning. So, I suppose this show has sort of re-engaged me a little bit with with, with politics. I I do find it very sad. And I tell you what, it really saddens me at the moment is this idea of you can't you you. Like, it's the whole Brexit thing. It's like you can't disagree with someone without being called a traitor. You mean, you can't... Like, the notion of sort of reason debate has got so poisonous. And I, and, and, I, and I think the people responsible for that are... They will leave a poisonous legacy. And, and I think, literally, there's either a Dorian Gray picture of them in their attic, or they do... Like, they go home... They, they've got to feel some sense of shame, you know what I mean, for, for sort of poisoning political debate in this country. And, I, and it... And I don't care. It's not. This isn't about whether you agree with Brexit or not. For example, it's just like this notion that, you know, that you can't take an opposing position without being some sort of, you know, base monster or traitor. And that's that's the sadness for me. And that's where, where I, I seek refuge in fiction. You know? Matthew, thank you so much for, for joining all. us. As I said, uh, Deep State starts on Fox April the fifth. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at. At JBT Miller. Matthew is on. Uh, I am. I should know this, shouldn't I? At Matthew Parkhill, I think. You are. I yes, might so checked I earlier. Sorry, that's yeah, fine. I, I was, I've got to I get better at this. I've got please, to get better. Please go this, to but... the website. That's miller.co.uk forward slash eyes, A Y E S. You can subscribe and you can leave comments. Try and make them positive if you can. And we'll be back shortly. Thank you.